Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's me, your old pal. Don't, don't worry now, don't be afraid. It's good to be here, though it is also very weird to be here. I have been more like America's dad than ever before. Welcome to Hanksy Panksy, episode two, a project where two idiots watch every single movie that Tom Hanks has ever made in chronological order. My name is Luke Patrick. I'm Sam Siegel. Hi, Sam. Hey, Luke. So what did we uh, what did we do this week? We did a 1984's Bachelor Party. Yeah. Um. Oh, Not- okay. <laughs> can i just say really quick i never expected that i would miss splash the other 1984 film 1984 yeah. film that we've watched Ooh, god yeah Ooh, doesn't splash look good now splash mountain looks very attractive given oh the my. sort of so the movie we watched is bachelor party i think you said yes. that but let's just make that very clear that this was bachelor party a a film starring tom hanks made in 1984 Yes. Um, and so, so how, how was your watch? Uh, you, you watched yesterday, is that correct? I did. I, I fucked it up, if I'm honest. Ooh. And I'll tell you why, which is that okay. I started watching the movie after a pretty long week of pretty strenuous work. And I was not in a great mental state when I hit go on this, which I think is an issue because in contrast to Splash, there's not a lot of joy in this movie. No. So to sort of lose an hour and 45 minutes of my life to this movie, um, whilst my wife was also doing fun things with her life, and I'm just sort of sat there eating my dinner, watching this roll by, it was, it was not the greatest of watch conditions. In fact, I would say it's, oh, it's put Luke. me in a pretty bad headspace. Yeah, that's fucking rough. <laughs> Holy shit. That is that is the bleakest short story I have ever heard, and I have watched the entirety of Bachelor Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the other part that really, really fucked me off is that I had to obtain a stars trial membership through Hulu to watch yeah. this because apparently Bachelor Party is a fucking tent pole for the stars network. Yeah, first of all, fuck stars, and second of all, I actually have a theory about this. Oh. Everyone knows uh, the story on this flick, and they said, this cannot see human eyes again. Mm. Hide it on stars, fucking slap it behind a paywall, or a seven-day free trial. No one will ever want to do it. It's from 1984. It Surely no one will be like, I'll get stars to watch this shitty fucking movie from 1984. Yeah. And uh, they're wrong. 
Yeah, I almost um, want to send them an email just to let them know that at least two people this week yeah. have signed up for Stars specifically <laughs> to watch the movie that Time Forgot. Yeah, it's it's like an outbreak of sorts. And and I do realize invoking that during a pandemic is mm. um, less than ideal. But yeah, I, I do think, think this should be contained like any sort of um, highly contagious virus. Yeah, I think the infection rate for this is going to be pretty minimal. Although we are broadcasting this out to people. And this is the only way to get bachelor party. So hopefully we aren't uh, you know spreading this disease. And my, and my wife watched a bit of it with me. Mm, see, I specifically told my spouse when she started to watch the, the beginning of this movie with me that she in no way needed to also suffer this punishment that we've wrought upon ourselves and that she should leave. But this is this is a great segue. I'd love to hear sort of how your watch is going, because to be honest, I'm bringing some pretty negative and slightly under the weather energy to this. Hey, uh, it's not going to be much better. While I feel fine, it not a good watch. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, just sitting at home, uh, cat uh, right up against my lap. Uh, wife was in the room for really the beginning and the end. She missed the entire middle, not that that matters. Um, but yeah, ooh, boy. Uh, I got, <laughs> I don't know about you, I got fucking angry during this film i did i did uh, there were several moments of just pure ire for sure oh god it's not good it's ooh, i'm fucking mad about this movie <laughs> <laughs> and i'm luke i'm worried because i thought this one was gonna be easy yeah you would expect a, a movie titled bachelor party to be a pretty easy easy breezy hour and 45 minutes of, of watch time yeah, I thought like, ooh, maybe it's gonna be like the hangovers like grandfather. Yeah. And it's not. It gets built it, that way if you Google it. It tends to be clumped in with things like the hangover. So you were sort of expecting that kind of energy. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um so 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 let me break down the, the plot so no one listening ever has to watch this movie. Please. Please do. Um and, and I'll start with what Amazon slash stars um has as its descriptor. Tom Hanks says goodbye to singlehood with a wild night complete with hookers, male strippers, wall-to-wall booze, and a drugged-out mule. And it's that's basically the movie. Uh, the only thing I would probably add is that uh, Tom Hanks and his horrible friends hmm. um, are having a bachelor party as he's getting married to Debbie, um, who could do far better. Yeah. And uh and her parents hate Tom Hanks. Yeah. Who's uh who plays Rick Gasco. Mm. Thank uh, you for the name because I I did note in my notes that the description specifically says Tom Hanks it does. is celebrating his his soon to end single life and not the character's name. Yes. And interestingly, as you learn at basically the end of the movie, his name is Rick Ernesto Gasco. Oh yeah, we do. They say it at the wedding scene. So there's a minor spoiler for you. They do end up at the altar at the end of this flick. Yeah, uh, a true mistake by Debbie. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the plot of this flick, Luke. Yeah. What do you What do you think of it? It's fucking horrible. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie 
so much it made me genuinely angry yeah i'd love for you to expand on some of that just just you know if you want to drop your anger load on me i'm i'm here yeah, for it yeah so so to give you an idea i got like hot angry, mm. Mm. like just just like kind of seething so all of rick's friends are the worst people and i hate each and every one of them yeah they also don't have any defining character traits outside of maybe one or two things yeah, so, you know, you've got the classic friend archetypes, the mechanic, the vaguely Jewish guy who sure. looks like the most unscrupulous porn producer you've ever seen. Yeah. The idiot, the pervert, the druggie, and the sexually deprived asshole brother. Yeah, and it is worth you noting know, that the, the seemingly Jewish character, the one seemingly Jewish character in this movie is also very, very focused on money. And our first mm-hmm. introduction to him is on the phone sort of wrangling a deal out of somebody. You know, strangely, you'd think I'd pick up on that, uh, and I didn't, <laughs> and now I'm angrier. <laughs> it's not a great look for the movie, although probably not the most problematic thing in this yeah, film. Yeah, uh, arguably one of the most minor things in this movie. For sure. Um, there is... I believe exactly one black person in this film, and he is a pimp. Yep. Um, let's see. There's a, a plot point that I saw a mile away in which the the Jewish character... I don't fucking know his name, Luke. I don't know anybody's name, nor the actor's name for no. anybody. So this is going to be very challenging. I, well, the mechanic's name is Rudy, oh. and I only know that because he wears a shirt like a mechanic shirt that says Rudy on it. Because <laughs> he has a name tag. And I know the druggie, because he's named, and mm. it's Brad. Yeah. Uh, and I've got a lot of thoughts about Brad. Yeah, Brad's a... Brad's... We gotta unpack Brad. Oh, God. I don't know what his brother's name. Um, But but no, so, so there's... I, I think the most disgusting fucking plot point in this movie uh, is the... The, the one I saw coming a mile away in which the the Jewish friend is uh, at the party uh, that they have in the hotel and he comes across a woman who he immediately falls for and then it turns out and, and correct me if I'm wrong it was unclear how the movie handled it and it's 1984 I don't necessarily expect the movie to handle this just with with a plum sure but uh it it is a woman uh w- with a penis that's that's the character correct yeah and i think it's it's one of these instances where you know you look back on the way that previous films have sort of handled queer representation and trans issues and they don't they intend it to be a joke but from my perspective here's this character who identifies as tim we don't know Tim's specific gender right. identity or situation, but Tim, by all accounts, has had a pretty ballin' night. Yeah. <laughs> where Tim gets laid, has a pretty great time, and everything else that happens as far as this character's freak out afterward uh, when he discovers that, that uh, Tim is not his usual sexual persuasion is really on him. I think Tim had a great night here. Yeah, and uh, as we do learn, Tim is an accomplished mechanic. Yeah, uh, as as Tim does say that they they work on BMW motors, I think. Yeah, so I think the the right tack here is to 
look back on it from our viewpoint and say that it was intended as a joke, but I'm going to take it strictly at face value and that this was a fantastic night for a certain BMW mechanic who really sure, got out great there. Great night for Tim. Yeah. Um, but but the Jewish character, fuck him. Yeah. Uh, just just horrible. Um, which is really not his fault. I mean, it is in the in the character's fault. But as far as anyone else other than Tom Hanks in this movie portraying any level of emotional yeah. value or growth or even character, there's mm-hmm. there's really not a lot to work with. Nor do they deliver it. So Rudy, um, I. I don't think he has more than three lines. Sure. Um, everything else is just scream. Yeah, screaming women specifically, which I find yeah. is a very strange way to try to procure a sexual encounter is just to oh. walk into a room and start shouting the gender that you're interested in. Yeah, and uh, can we can we talk just about the beginning of this movie where, where Tom is going off to collect all his friends for... Uh, a lunch at a restaurant far finer than any of them deserve to be in yeah we do Um, get sort of a weird prelude before all of this mm -hmm. where you you know you wouldn't really expect to sort of see the seeds being sown on a bachelor party movie but we do see that right and and there it's it's almost like it's almost like an avengers style like (laughs) assembly montage we do go collect everybody don't we we go to each place of employment they get a brief introduction, and then there's this horrible ADR mm. throughout that. And each line that that these people decided to throw in after they shot these these scenes was genuinely fucking horrible. I did make um, a note that I, I'm pretty sure there was a fair amount of punch-up for this early sequence because there is a lot of sort of jarring voiceover, especially for Rudy yeah. at the beginning because he, he says something... It's not a joke. It's joke adjacent where he approaches the car and we hear some obviously added voiceover of him saying something about needing needing to do the oil. Yes, and and then and then again also added he's like, "Ah, oh, fucking American cars" as the like chassis falls off of the like Yeah. uh the rest of it. I don't fucking know. Well, if he wants to get out of working on American cars, we do know a character who can definitely yeah, sort of steer him yeah, towards a, a more German approach. Sure. Uh, there is this this line where at the beginning, uh, the the main friend, uh, the pervert, yeah, um, is taking photos of a woman uh, with a very low cut blouse and her her child, and it, throughout the photo shoot, her more of her her breasts uh, are exposed. Yep. And there is an ADR line where he says that he he would want to breastfeed until 17 or 18. Yeah, I did make a note for that, and it's it's extremely difficult to parse. The only way that I can handle the first five minutes of this film, because this is easily within the first five minutes, uh, is oh, yeah. basically to reject all of it, which is definitely a tack that I've taken for the rest of this film as well. The, the treatment of women in this movie is beyond problematic. It is... Oh. pretty absolutely abysmal even for 1984 i feel like it's setting an extremely low vulgar bar oh yeah it makes um splash's treatment of daryl hannah in which she cannot speak english for a significant joke of the movie look like fucking gloria steinem wrote it 
<laughs> it really does. And this is my thing, and I wanted to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think this movie was funny in 1984? Okay, I'm glad you asked. So when I mentioned that I was doing watching this uh, to my parents, my dad said that he and my mom and my dad's parents mm. went to see it together oh, at God. a drive-in. Oh, which God. very much dates this. And um, and that my grandparents, who he said were uh, like 60, 70 mm-hmm. at the time, loved it. And that my mom and dad hated it. Mm. And they were like uh, late 20s, early 30s, roughly. Yeah. Um, and, and then when I was getting more details from my dad, turns out that movie was Porky's. Uh, they did not see this movie with with my grandparents, but they did see this movie just in general, and that my mom and dad did like it. Mm. This is that was a confusing but very informative bag of things you've <laughs> preferred there. So now I think we have to compare it to Porky's for the rest, which of I've this. not seen. Yeah, nor do I intend to, because yeah. if my parents saw Bachelor Party and said this is good. And they saw Porky's, and they said, this is wretched. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to like Porky's, I don't think. I think that's interesting information, because that was my predominant thought through this, was, as always, sort of, who is this for, and or was it funny at the time? And I guess that confirms, for whatever sensibilities were happening in 1984, this nonsensical, fucked up movie about a guy essentially fighting the temptation to have sex with people that aren't his fiance was a good time. Hey, can we talk about what a weird fucking plot point that is? Yeah. That uh, it's just assumed that you'll have sex with uh, with sex workers at your bachelor party. A point that even uh, my wife pointed out and said, why hookers and not strippers? Yeah. See, this was something I was going to ask you as well, because uh, you're a married man, Mazel Tov. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a bachelor party, which is a thing I did not have when we got married. So I want to just sort of compare notes here and see okay. how your your stag do compares to what's represented in the film. So can we just knock out some things really quick, starting with, sure. uh, starting with hookers? Do you have hookers? I did not. Did you have any drugs? No. Okay. How about a fancy hotel room? Uh, would you consider a nice Airbnb? I would not. No. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a mule? No. Or the or the I will also accept the the slightest hint of bestiality. N- not even a little. Yeah. Not 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 a not a whiff. Yeah. So now I'm starting to think that maybe you just didn't have a true bachelor party. I gotta tell you, I don't think I did. Yeah. Um. While while I did adore the bachelor party that I did have, let me tell you what it was. Uh, some friends of mine went down uh to uh like a town about an hour away. Mm-hmm. We went to a very nice pizza joint, and then we hung out. We talked about Gary Busey for a while. <laughs> we went to bed. The next day, we went. We walked around. And we played some board games, and then uh, cooked a, my, a nice meal sure. at uh, at the Airbnb, and just like kind of chilled out. I think you could cut 
any given hour of this movie and replace it with Tom Hanks just talking about Gary Busey and it would have been an easy 10 to 20% higher on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I would have. I would have really enjoyed a solid hour of Tom Hanks talking about Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we could have gotten Gary Busey in here just to talk about whatever Gary Busey's thinking <laughs> about. And it would have been better. It, it would have been less problematic. I can almost guarantee that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, I, I want to loop back into that. What what was your what was your low point for this film? Oh, God. Uh, that's a hard question because there's so much. Um... You know, it's it's hard to 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 really not say the scene where there's a freak out over Tim who has a penis mm. that that Jewish character had had yeah. sex with because yeah. it did make me very angry. Yeah, but I think I think I'm actually gonna say um, Cole. The character Cole, just mm-hmm. in general, uh, who I I spent most of the time just calling Hitler Jr. He's uh, he's a man who uh, Debbie uh, Rick's uh, fiance's father asked to win Debbie over because he hates Rick so much. Yeah, and Cole really just spends the entirety of the movie uh, kind of haggling with Tom Hanks over how much he'll accept to to give up Debbie. Yeah. Up until Colvin attempts to kill Tom Hanks. Yes. With a bow, which I thought was pretty cool. I did make a note that if you if you're going to hunt down your enemies, honestly bow hunting is the most sportly way to do it. I respect it. Now, yeah. I have a lot of questions as to why Cole put on a full camo suit to go into a hotel room and fire uh it was it a crossbow or a bow? I think it's a crossbow, but it is a good point that honestly a better disguise would have been basically anything else. Yes. And any other bit of clothing. Yeah. Even a bellhop. Uh, if you just have to put on a costume, you could have dressed as a bellhop and had There you go. Way more yeah. camouflage. I think that was my low point. I mm. fucking hate that guy. Yeah. Uh how how about you? The the shower scene that you've mm-hmm. mentioned with Tim is difficult, but let's let's put aside the probably most problematic part of this film. I think the low point for me was also Cole related, just because I mean, obviously that entire plot sucks giant amounts of butt where mm-hmm. you know he's we're we're going to ignore Debbie's agency in this entire thing and he's going to offer different amounts of money and or goods in exchange right. for canceling this wedding. But there's a scene where he is dangled out of a window on a bed sheet whilst mm-hmm. naked and then drops to the the sort of ground level where his ass is sort of sandwiched in between two people through through yes. a moonroof and i that that was honestly i had a bit of an existential crisis at that point <laughs> just wondering <laughs> if i don't do i not feel joy is this on me <laughs> I don't enjoy what this movie's putting out right um, it is it's pretty bleak where two characters who have been rattled previously by events in the movie are now in a car and go for a kiss and instead sort of hit this very hairy ass that's very been sandwiched hairy. between them yeah the hair is present um and and I did have a question about that scene so this movie has a lot of female nudity in it yeah why the fuck won't it show a dick 
Yeah, we see nobody's genitals other than women in this movie. Yeah. But, like, for a movie that is so happy to reference dicks, yeah. to uh, talk about fucking, to show female nudity, no dicks. And it had the uh, a perfect situation with Cole hanging naked out of that, but always there's that perfect bit of sheeting covering mm. his dick. And I'm frankly mad about it. Yeah, I am too. I can see it. And also, I would argue that in a traditional sort of stag do situation out with the lads you would sort of expect some amount of dick wagging i don't think that's out of the question it's still probably wrong yeah uh but yeah no i I would have expected it which i will say Um, we we do get maybe this is the progression right so if this is the spiritual successor or spiritual predecessor to the hangover parts one two and three did they make a third? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did. We we do see a fair amount of dong in in those movies. You know there is. There is that. Yeah. Maybe this maybe that's progress. That's progress for you. <laughs> 2016, I think we finally get the dong that we've been waiting for since there Bachelor Party sort of blue-balled us all in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> uh th- there is one plot point that that might be worse or or I think comparable to to the the sort of transphobic sure. plot, and that is the repeated jokey uh, handling of Brad's repeated suicide attempts. Yeah, so Brad really quick is a character who was flown in as a childhood friend, is clearly struggling in his marriage, and is extremely stoned when he arrives, and then repeatedly throughout the movie tries to to kill himself. Yes. It's pretty problematic. I would actually summarize this movie as guy who desperately needs help attends party. Yeah, there Brad serves no fucking purpose in this film. Yeah. You could cut him out of the movie and the movie would not change an ounce except it wouldn't have these gross depictions of this guy trying to off himself. Yeah. It's hard to watch and it is bizarre that Tom Hanks discovers him in in each case. And his mm-hmm. first reaction is, at one point even, to hold him by the head and go, what is wrong with you? Your marriage will be fine. Just enjoy the party. Which I did put in my notes that, as we all know, that the antidote to depression is, of course, just having fun. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what the Beastie Boys were talking about as far as <laughs> your right to party goes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, it, was, uh, it was sort of a, a psychiatric um, prescription, if yeah. you will. It's pretty gross, eh? Yeah. Um especially like he's trying to cut himself with a with an electric razor and it's just like, "Oh, how funny." Yeah. It just sucks. It does suck. It it all sucks. This movie sucks. It's so bad. Um But hey, we're getting we're getting pretty fucking grim here. <laughs> I surely surely there's something you liked. In this 106-minute slog? Mm. It's too long for for this flick. Um, I did I did have a couple of belly laughs, I will yeah, say. Yeah, weirdly, I Ken and I both had some had some laughs. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you two. Okay. Which my very first was when they're they're at his rich in-laws house where they have an mm-hmm. on-premises tennis court. Mm-hmm. And Tom keeps spiking the ball over the fence as if he's hitting a home run. 
That's a dumb really? joke. But then we go to this amazing scene where the next door neighbors, there's a guy sitting shirtless reading a newspaper in his lawn and a ball thunks near him. And he says the amazing line of one of these days, I'm going to burn the Thompson court to the ground. <laughs> God, did it's it get so me? Good. It's so relatable. <laughs> I would oh. love, I would rather have seen that movie where the guy burns down the house of his neighbors or maybe just the tennis court. Because of their repeated, repeated uh, injustices. Well, he's just trying yes. to read a paper on a nice, lovely Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh, it, like, I felt it. Yeah. Um. Oh, that, that, yes. He's, he's an excellent character. And frankly, I would be happier if we spent the movie with him. Yeah. I would have, I would have loved that. I think we, if we could crowdfund that solution just recut this movie to focus on, on him maybe recast it with kevin james Ooh, kevin amazing. james I, I don't know <laughs> uh you you want it to be a better movie right <laughs> i think he could deliver it it was it was definitely his flavor but what about you what was your your what were some of your high points in this uh i i think dr tina gasco mm. uh rick's uh sister-in-law who is initially presented as this, like, I don't know, uh, would you say, like, sort of naggy, like, you know, the, the traditional, like, oh, my wife, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of how she's presented. But, man, she, like, she fucking gets it in this film. They go to uh, all the women upon um, finding out that uh, some some sex workers were ordered for the uh for the bachelor party that they were sent to uh where they were having the the bridal shower sure. i guess it was yeah um which did have a great scene where um one of the sex workers did pull out a hitachi and all i could think was that's the right tool for the job <laughs> can i say really quick too mm-hmm. if anybody is to have sex with anybody in this movie out of the the lad lad group Honestly, I hope they're getting paid. They should be paid. That seems like a fair oh, yeah. trade for having sex with any of these fuckers. Oh, uh, and paid handsomely. Mm-hmm. No prices is too large. I think you should really shoot for the moon with that one. But uh, but yeah. So 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 they're mad that the men have have these sex workers, and so they go to a, a strip club, a male strip club. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? It's explicitly stated that it's a Chippendales, which I was curious okay. if Chippendales is sort of still in business or if that's gone out of vogue you know i didn't think about that but yeah uh i don't know yeah. I frankly from the scenes of the strippers i can't figure out what part of that is fun yeah because the dancing was terrible i did make a note that in comparison to the sort of female centric or excuse me the the female what am I trying to say? A, a strip club featuring female dancers in comparison yes. to those scenes that we see in a movie, typically, this was very choreographed. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say it looked more fun. Yeah. Like there's a, a more like jovial atmosphere at the Chippendales, whereas like I, I think sort of the traditional uh, kind of image that I have of uh, a strip club marketed to men yeah. is... Um, at least the one you know here in Arkansas that that's uh, not far from here looks grim. Yeah, this was a it was like medieval times, but with Dick, it looked pretty good. <laughs> that is that is exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, 
And 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 while they're there, fucking Tina opens up. Dr. Tina Gasco, like, comes very close to just filleting a man on the stage, and she is, like, fucking owning it. And yes. from that moment on, she is my favorite character in this film. Yeah. Because she's she's mad, uh, just like I am, and she's very <laughs> sort of sexually liberated, and I fucking appreciated it. Yeah, there are brief moments in this film where we see sort of underrepresented in film groups really getting theirs. And I know it's mm-hmm. presented as a joke, but I refuse to accept it on those terms and instead totally choose to see it as Tina fucking getting out there. Her her husband's an asshole. Here is a beautiful, ripped man just giving her what she's after. It's a oh, really yeah. beautiful scene. It is. It is. And like... Because, again, the, the way she's presented early on, it's like, oh, look, she's a shrub. Uh. Yeah. And and then there's this, and it's like, uh, I multiple times I wrote, fucking get it, Tina. Because <laughs> uh, she, she just, I think, I think she is the film's protagonist and mm. its hero. I, I will totally accept this version of the movie. I will say another thing that I did enjoy was the brief moments of very well-written surrealism that appear in this movie it's a total tonal Uh flip and it doesn't make any sense but like at the end they're essentially having a fight cole and tom hanks over debbie in a movie theater and Mm -hmm. it's 1984 so people have the the 3d glasses on and they're they're having an identical fight to what's happening on the screen yes and the audience (laughs) is saying god these effects are so good culminating with brad driving a bus through the back of the theater and everyone sort of applauding the effects that they're seeing. It was really well written, and it did not fit this fucking film. Not even a little, but both uh, both my wife and I loved that scene. Yeah. It's amazing. Really well done. It's extremely well done. That in the moment where there's a scene where Tom is ultimately tempted by a high school crush who is fully naked sitting on a bed and they have superimposed the faces of different people on top Mm -hmm. of her so we have the scene which is ordinarily extremely gratuitous female nudity but in this case is also juxtaposed with this like being john malkovich level surrealism of having his friend's faces and a nun's face his brother's face it's pretty wild and it does not fit but it was pretty fucking good Though, um, I, I don't know if you could tell, you could just barely see the the real actor's face behind their faces. <laughs> yeah. Well, special effects budgets, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's Yeah, and, and I, I understand what they were working with, but it was, it did make the effect, I think, more upsetting than it needed to be. It's true. I tell you, the, the combination of, of digestive issues I'm dealing with right now and this nonsensical <laughs> bullshit movie have really this is for number two in this series has really put me off kilter and i'm, I'm hoping that the next Ooh, entry can kind of pull it's me a back. heavy blow to be dealt this early yeah it's a lot it's a lot i do want to say debbie debbie was pretty great in this movie yeah um far better than like daryl hannah's character in splash mm. uh because because, again, she, most of the women in the film, as far as, like, the named characters, are pretty good. There's the woman who very rightfully 
hates men. Yeah. And uh, man, after th- seeing this, I 100% agree <laughs> with her, even though before I it was probably like 75% agreed with her. Yeah, I believe um, that's her cousin, and she does say several times throughout the film that men are pigs, which given the context of this movie, wrong. yeah, given reality in this context, it's it's accurate as fuck. Uh, I, yeah, and and like all of them, even uh, even Debbie's mom, who does go to the Chippendales mm-hmm. and also does dress up, uh, like a sex worker with the rest of them, so that they can infiltrate the party, like fucking hell yeah, lady, yeah, get it. I don't know her name, but Mrs. Thompson, yeah, uh, she, yeah, I appreciate that. Again, there's a degree of sexual liberation that's sort of the subtext to this movie. That I would have been way more interested oh, to yeah. see. The other thing is that um, I don't know if you picked up on it, but you know Debbie's outfit to sort of pretend to be a sex worker so that she can infiltrate Rick's party, right? To find out if he's been having sex with other people. Did you notice that she looks like sort of an anime female KFC colonel? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I she did even not. when she gets into a bedroom with Rick, yeah, uh, which he knows it's her. She doesn't know it's him, but she's still pretending to be just some anonymous sex worker. She she does put on kind of a a southern accent. She does. She tries to hoodwink him. Yeah, it's it's kind of uncanny how much she looks like. <laughs> the colonel if he were a woman and also trying to seduce someone which begs the question whether or not tom hanks would have been properly maybe that's the true temptation of this film is you've you've rejected your high school crush but how do you feel about the colonel well you know luke i do think that rick has some temptations but yeah. i kind of can't talk to you about it right here mm. there are too many people watching and um I kind of need you to come, oh. come, come, okay. come, come over here. Yeah, yeah just, I'm here. Let's uh, get away from all the cameras because we, we know they're watching. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we, we know they're all watching. So so just you know, come, come on down to um, the conspiracy should corner. I, should I put my, uh, while we enter the conspiracy corner, should I put my phone in some foil? Please do. Okay. Please. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm good. I have some troubling news. Mm-hmm. Rick Gasco. Sorry, Rick Ernesto Gasco mm-hmm. is Alan Bauer from Splash. <laughs> from Splash. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I'm gonna, as always, I need you to give me some more details. I'm not convinced. Luke, Luke, they are one and the same. Mm. Um, and and as as I've established before, Alan Bauer is Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. So Rick Gasco is a young Alan Bauer in in a different town. We see these events that Rick goes through, and then some some disastrous thing happens. Maybe he has a close brush with the law after a series of murders, mm-hmm. and he he moves to to New York and reinvents himself as Alan Bauer. But but let me let me make my case. So early on in the movie, we do see that that Rick kind of fakes some emotions, and mm-hmm. it does seem that he is pretty distant throughout the film. Uh, Rick doesn't necessarily seem to feel just a whole lot now, does he? Uh, yeah. Would Would you even say that he has any connection whatsoever with any human in this film? I, I will say 
that his reaction to being engaged as he's telling his friends is pretty muted. Yes. For such good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's manipulative. Mm. He, the way he talks to that nun in the very opening. He does hit on a nun. He does. The way he assures um, Debbie that there will be no ribaldry to speak of at all at his bachelor party. Uh, the way he talks to Debbie's parents is flippant and uh, and just sort of devoid of any kind of social understanding whatsoever, wouldn't mm. you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So early on we see we see Rick Gasco's uh, home and it is a dark workshop in which he has <laughs> a number of tools uh, during which uh, he stops working on some murder object, I assume, to work on dinner, which he does describe to Debbie as charred flesh <laughs> of some sort. He does. This is accurate. That is verbatim from the movie. Mm-hmm. He also later says, women mean nothing to me. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and Luke, it just keeps going. He, he has a willingness. He has a stated willingness to kill his own mother. Hmm. He does offer that as an alternative. Yes. And it's with yeah. absolute seriousness. Yeah. And here's, here's, I think, where we get the true sort of connection to Alan Bauer. Do you ever see Rick try to have sex with a woman? Um, and Rick is this movie? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he tries, he tries to seduce Debbie a number of times. But he doesn't actually have sex with her. Oh, that's true. That is true. We never see even really close to the moment of... Of copulation. Right. The only time we ever see him kind of try to have sex with someone is when uh, Debbie is pretending to be a sex worker and he jumps atop her. Mm. And Luke, I'm telling you right now, he was not pretending when he jumps atop her and starts flopping around. (laughs) That is not pretending. That's what Rick Gasco thinks sex is because Rick Gasco fucks fish. Rick Gasco, just like Alan Bauer, just like Tom Hanks, is a scaly. He cannot uh, fuck any human woman in this film because he has no attraction to human women. Gotcha. Rick Gasco, Alan Bauer, Tom Hanks, all scalies, all repulsed by human women, super into fish. Okay, I'm convinced. Just to make sure I have the timeline straight, so you're saying that this is the predecessor to Splash. We're seeing Rick... Yes. pre-becoming Alan Bauer. Right, because as you notice, like Rick has not necessarily nailed human interaction <laughs> or uh, the the like convincingly faked human emotions. Yeah, that that Alan Bauer has really assimilated into society as a functioning member in a way that Rick has not. Sure. And so Rick, through through his mistakes. Uh, I assume by marrying a woman that he cannot have sex with because she is human. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, and, and it fits. You know, he never really seems to actually care about Debbie. Yeah. Because, again, he can't feel love as we established that Alan Bauer cannot feel love to anyone other than a scaled creature. Yeah. I wasn't convinced until you mentioned the flopping around on top of her, which does explicitly happen in this movie and is pretty fish-like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you've convinced me. I think it's accurate. Yeah, so so we can we can dip out of the the conspiracy corner. Yeah, can I take the foil off my phone now? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
I'm not going to mention anything that the government doesn't want to hear. Yeah, that's fair. Well, now that you've convinced me that this is the prequel to the the fish fucking movie that is Splash, Mm -hmm. you want to take a quick stab at what you think it costs to make this god-awful film? So is it going to be in $1984 or $2020? (laughs) I believe it's in $1984. And I don't, does that make a difference to you? Not even a little. (laughs) Um, What, 16 million? Okay. You shot a little high. It was, it was $7 million. Okay. How much did it make? Well, you want to take a quick stab at that one too? Also in $1984, if it makes a difference. I'm, Mm, I'm going to guess 30 million. You're not far off. It was 38 million, meaning this movie banked 31.4 million and has that figure has gaslit me for the last 24 hours <laughs> as I try to just figure out what the fuck I'm missing that made this such a smash success in the box office. You know, I think I think people genuinely are charmed by by Tom Hanks's psychopathic ability to uh fake human emotion and really manipulate audiences yeah i like that this is this is turning into well i guess you have convinced me that he is also these characters but you're you're really kind of taking a an anti-hanks tone here and i'm curious how that's going to play out by the time we get to say toy story (laughs) i don't think it's gonna go well yeah i'll tell you that hmm uh, I think Tom is is gonna have to reckon with with some serious allegations. Yeah, maybe there's a movie that focuses on his therapy somewhere in here. Maybe, uh, I I really hope that eventually we we happen upon a, a changed Tom Hanks because, um, I actually I did have this question. So, so to sort of uh, peel back the curtain, mm-hmm. um, it's been two weeks since we've watched a Tom Hanks film. Yeah, I was curious. Did did you miss him? Hmm. You know, in a weird way, I did. And I don't know what that says about me that I've missed watching this early stage of America's dad, Tom Hanks's career, which is objectively fucking terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Did you did you have some withdrawals, some Hanks withdrawals? So I I miss older Tom Hanks. Hmm. Uh, Even while watching these movies, this boy faced uh, puppet. Yeah. That's just this horrible facsimile of the of America's dad uh, that we all know and love. Yeah. It just makes me pine after the real Tom Hanks. Sure. Especially because I keep seeing all these ads for his new film, uh, Greyhound, which is, I think, almost certainly going to make us get Apple TV Plus to watch. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> these streaming services, 2020? But but just seeing him in that, I'm just like I want I want that Tom Hanks. I want jowly Tom Hanks. Yeah, who's who's grown up with the rest of us and uh, and not this this baby faced, uh, just monster. Honestly, <laughs> well, I will say I've learned since our last recording that Tom Hanks was married at 21, had some kids, and was just looking for work. And you know sometimes you gotta get a job, and that job might be bachelor party. I can't fault him too much for trying to make a buck early yeah. on. Whatever cut of that uh, that thirty one point four million goddamn dollars he made off of this flick, that's that's a lot of diapers. So you gotta respect that. Yeah. Well, next week we've got man with the man with one red shoe, 
And I, yeah. I would I would love to sort of hear your thoughts on what you what you expect out of that. I gotta tell you, I got I got nothing. I I'm so confused as to what this film is gonna be. I think it's I think it's a romantic comedy. Yeah. And I'm not excited about that. Yeah. I can tell you that the, the original French film was called Le Grand Blanc avec une chaussure noire, which means the the big blonde or tall blonde with a black shoe. Hmm. Does that do anything for you? Not even a little. Mm. Is it? Do you think it's going to be sort of a Cinderella situation <laughs> with the one red Nike? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm. You know, my track record so far has been bad. I expected a bachelor party to be sort of an Oscar bait, crying game movie. I'm going to forecast that this next one is a Tinker Tailor Soldier spy level British <laughs> film uh, featuring a then younger Michael Caine, maybe a Sir Ian McKellen in the mix, fresh off of a Shakespearean performance. Uh, and we're going to see some really meaty drama driven performances out of everybody on, on the cast. Luke, for both our sakes, I hope it's true. <laughs> I hope you're right. Yeah. Well, I will close this out if it's all right with uh, my favorite quote from the film. Would you like to hear what that was? Please. It was uh, screamed in Japanese in a different part of this movie. And it was, this beats the shit out of sushi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, I'll see you next week, amigo.